0: Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested. Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner, professional Mike Miller, your host for today and every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. On Talking Money, so glad you're with us today. Got uh, some interesting information. I apologize right off the, fr- right off the top. Last week's uh, uh, program did uh, had some technical difficulties, so we could not get it recorded. So it's not going to be posted on the website. We spent about half the time speaking with uh, some folks from Miracle Hill, talking about Miracle Hill in general, but especially about the upcoming Ninja Kids Challenge at the end of uh, August. And then spent some time talking about the market um and trying to get make some sense out of that, but mentioned that I would continue that this week, which we are going to do. We'll spend the day talking about what's going on in the economy and so forth. But you know, maybe your your answers will be solved if you play the lottery. So have you? They've been advertising, or they've been showing on the news a lot of interviews and talking a lot about the lottery. It's up to this record one point two eight billion dollars. Can you imagine one point two eight billion dollars? Uh, you'd, you'd not even be, uh, close to what some of those, um, like, uh, Elon Musk or some of those people are worth. You still, you still way short. You'd have to start investing in it really well to get that done. But I saw some interesting interviews where they were speaking with people. What would you do if you won? And just about every one of them would say, well, I'm, I would, uh, go get a financial advisor and this one lady was so cute she said uh yeah i would get i think she said a couple of financial advisors and then i would hire an attorney to watch them <laughs> so she she wanted to make sure but then i that i thought well how are you going to get to watch the attorney <laughs> so maybe they can watch each other or something but uh yeah it makes sense to to hire somebody they showed on on the today show this morning they had a gentleman there who won back in 98 or 99 I didn't catch how much he won, um, but he seemed like he was doing okay. Now he was not one of those that spent it all in five years, which I think is the typical amount of time that it takes for a lottery winner to run out of money, <laughs> about five years, because they didn't get uh, help with it. And so many of them think that, like a lot of people, I've got this money. Now I'm never going to have to work again. I could just spend this money. And they, and they spend it all like within five years instead of saying, okay, what can I do with this money? How can I invest it? And maybe buy a business, buy a franchise, uh, invest it somehow, and then start living off of the earnings. Of course, if you live, if you if you made one point two eight billion after taxes, though, you you know you only have half of that or a little, so you 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 wouldn't be as well off. But I think you'd you'd be fine probably to if you if you mind your p's and q's, you could probably be okay for the rest of your life. But still, uh, you you would still be a a steward of that money. You know, you've got this money dropped in your lap. What are you supposed to do with it? And he was talking about the number of, back then there weren't as many uh, technical technological advances and you didn't have as many email and social media. And he actually got letters in the mail asking for money. And so he says, well, you've got this money and you feel bad for these people who, who write these sob stories. Um, but boy, I've heard a lot of sob stories that people were really good at lying. And you thought that was their sob story. That wasn't their sob story. They were just given that story to To get some money out of you, and that was all they were doing. So, uh, yeah, you got to watch out for that. So, anyway, um, I I don't play the lottery. I don't I don't buy the tickets. Uh, I I've seen studies where your odds of winning the lottery are are um, are oh, better if you don't winning is better if you don't play. I guess because you you keep your money that you would have used to buy the lottery ticket. You at least got that money and playing the lottery, you lose that money and the chance of you winning something. And there's other people who say. Yeah. But if you don't play, you'll never win. So I don't know. It's just something I've never gotten into and uh, don't believe uh, I ever will get into that. So anyway, um, talking about what and last week I talked about, you know, have you, uh, is is the market riskier now than it was January 1st? We say, no, it's actually less risky because how much it's gone down. But in this last month or so, you know, looking at some uh, visiting with a client yesterday morning looking at the reports and seeing how much has gone down quarter to date which would be essentially the month of july uh, so things have gone back up some uh, and those of you who got in cash at the end of june uh, missed out on even that five percent increase or whatever it was last year for your portfolio uh, you missed that um, so i uh, i think it's it's always to me, long-term, pays to, to not overreact and those kind of things. And that's one of the things that I like to do in Talking Money. Have, over the years, we've had plenty of downturns. We've had plenty of upturns. I always try to to uh, taper your enthusiasm when things are going up, say so things aren't always going to go up, and then to also encourage you when things are going down, like things are not always going to go down. And there are just certain part of our human nature that always wants to think whatever's going on now is going to continue. And it never does. It just never has. And I don't think it ever will. So sticking to your game plan, having a good diversified portfolio, not being upset when things are going up that part of your portfolio, your, your whole portfolio is not going up as the market, because when things are going down like this, your portfolios should not be going down as much as the market. You should have some money in in a uh, safer place like, the, like our bucket strategy that we've talked about. And and had a an email question from Russ this past week that refers to his own bucket strategy. I'm going to get him his question in just a minute. And so, Russ, if you're listening, pay attention. Um, and I ran across this article just a just a couple of days ago. Uh, it was written by Ross Levin. I've known of Ross. I've never met him. He's been in the business for a long time, and he wrote this article for uh, it was in the journal or I can't remember. It was in the some financial planning. Um, a piece that I get through email every week and they list a, a bunch of different articles. And I and I read this one and it was interesting because he says he he puts a dig on himself a little bit. He says, um, a little self-deprecating, the two greatest wealth management books ever written have sold one point eight million copies. One of them, Morgan Household's The Psychology of Money, accounts for ninety-nine point nine nine seven percent of those sales. My book the Wealth Management Index represents the remaining 0.003%. Um, but he's written a lot of different things and just very, very practical. And in the article, he talks about market fluctuations. And this is some things he's getting from Morgan Hossel's book. Market fluctuations aren't a punishment for being an investor. They're the admission price. So when we we think it doesn't feel like it. I mean, right now it feels like that when things are going down, that you're being punished for that, but it's really the admission price. I remember being on a local, and this is Ross talking, I remember being on a local talk show when I was in my 20s with the author of the book, Wealth Without Risk, and I remember that book. Um, I don't remember who, he doesn't mention the author here, but this he says he was polished and glib, I was neither. I told him that everything he said was 80% right, but it was the other 20% that made the biggest difference. After the show ended, people crowded around him. Even I almost asked for his autograph. He ended up being sued, and the California jury ruled he defrauded 29,000 people in the state. So we know that you can't have wealth without risk or market returns without market volatility. We also know that today's market heroes can be tomorrow's losers. I realize that none of us promise stock returns. He's talking about other advisors. Market returns when things are going up or promise money market returns when things are falling parentheses except for those who misunderstand index annuities but it's still it can still be challenging when clients are scared and and that's uh that's very typical these days is that you feel scared because things are going down and 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 anytime you have and nick stone street our ceo at ronald Blue trust was on back uh, several months ago talking about your your there's always going to be a trade-off if you're going to reduce your risk you then and typically in nearly every case you're going to also reduce your reward so when you talk to someone whether it's a bank cd whether it's a treasury whether it's an index annuity whatever it is if, if if there's uh the more guarantees that are in something the less your potential return is going to be that's just the way it works but it doesn't mean you shouldn't have those kind of products because a certain amount of your money could should be in, in some of those short-term things cds Treasuries, money markets, those kind of things. So you don't have to worry about the market volatility. So he's, uh, he's typical like we do. He says he sets one to three years of spending in cash in the client's bucket. Um, but he says, it, uh, he says a bucket approach can let you determine which assets you wish to use to pay the volatility fee. So when you have a bucket approach and you've got a short-term, intermediate-term, and long-term bucket, so the long-term bucket is typically the one you're paying that volatility fee on. Uh, but that's your admission price for the fluctuation and for the, ultimately, we think, uh, longer-term average annual return that you're going to get from investing directly into those investments, as opposed to going through a third party to do it like an insurance company, something like that. This was key, I think. But Before we go to the break, I've got to mention these couple things. Now, one of Hossel's most important points is, quote, wealth is financial assets that haven't been converted into the stuff you see. Living large doesn't mean we are wealthy. And that was unquote. And then Ross goes back. Living large doesn't mean we are wealthy. It simply means we are spending our income or investments. Buying a luxury car doesn't mean we are wealthy. It means that we have less wealth than before we bought the car. <laughs> okay? That doesn't mean you couldn't afford it. It doesn't mean it was a bad thing to do, but it's it's uh when you when you drive around town, and you see all these huge houses, so many why why can't I have how how many People are there in Greenville that have this much money. Well, it could be they don't. It's What you see is their wealth. It's not uh, anything else. So, he and, and he makes a good point. This is a scriptural point. He says, true wealth comes from wanting what we have. In other words, be content with what you have. So Hebrews 13, 5 in the Bible says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. All right. And so I uh, want to get back, talk about um, taking my grandkids to their first ball game last night at the Greenville Drive. That was kind of fun. Talk about that. Then we'll get to Russ's uh, question that we want to answer uh, for him, which I think will give you some good insight on your own portfolio. We'll be right back. (music) Virtually every financial services firm talks about financial and investment planning based on your goals. At Ronald Blue Trust, we can help you define your goals, and we'll do that from your personal cash flow, to your income tax, to your state and investments, to help ensure that your decisions really do reflect your values. We incorporate biblical principles into our comprehensive financial planning approach. Our goal is to help you clarify your decision-making and focus on leaving a legacy of financial, social, and spiritual capital. And whether we realize it or not, the decisions we make in life reflect our values and our priorities. Decisions we make today can have lifetime implications. There are rarely independent decisions. A comprehensive financial plan includes things like planning for short-term cash needs, long-term retirement, proactively minimizing debt, continually evaluating the tax consequences of your decisions, funding your child's or grandchild's education, and determining your insurance needs. No financial plan, however, is worth doing unless you actually implement your plan. Our process takes you directly from goal setting to the implementation. I think, we think, there's a good chance your financial stress level will improve when you understand how all of the components of your financial life integrate with each other and how to adjust over time. So we can guide you through a detailed plan towards sound financial decisions, wise stewardship, and a roadmap to your desired destination, a life well spent. For more information, go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville or call 1-800-588-7526. Once again, the number is one 800 Five eight eight seven five two six. Now back to more of talking money. It's about 21 minutes after the hour here on Talking Money. This is Mike Miller, your host. So glad you're with us today. If you happen to be listening via a podcast, you can send your questions to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com or you can click on or go to talkingmoneyradio.com and click on the Ask Mike a Question and you can get me a question there as well. So right before the break, I was talking about the the comment that Russ Levin made about true wealth comes from wanting what we have and I quoted the verse of Hebrews 13, 5, which essentially says, be content with what you have because God will take care of us. And I, I think we can learn a lot of lessons from our, our children. Uh, so uh, my son David and I went with our two grand two of the grand boys, the older grandsons, uh, to, the, to their first Greenville Drive game, baseball game last night. It was it was warm. It, it was uh, muggy. Uh, but, but we had a great time, and, and they loved it they they're asking them what their favorite part was and one was um, uh th- seeing them throw the when they had foul balls and they got these big nets and so it doesn't come to the stands very often so seeing them throw the the ball over the of the net to, to to have it so people could catch it he kept wanting it to come his way but he probably would have been scared to death if it actually did come his way and the other one said his favorite ride was the trolley ride over. So the, the the bus ride, trolley ride over. But you know there wasn't a care in the world. Uh, they did. They weren't concerned uh, about their safety. They weren't concerned about uh, wh- where they were going to eat. They weren't concerned about anything about the that the evening. And and matter of fact, of course, children most of the time are not worried about that. Uh, we we hope they shouldn't be worried about that, especially in America. Uh, but but uh, we sometimes forget that that's the way we should be reacting to our heavenly father. We've got a heavenly father that this verse quotes about that says we shouldn't be worried because he says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So it hopefully will help you keep things in perspective when you start being panicky about the markets and, and hopefully, you know, that, that, the wisdom that comes from the Bible and wisdom comes from the financial advisor who hopefully is getting his wisdom from the Bible and you well diversified, which comes from the scriptures that you won't be on the market and that won't be a concern for you. Um, so I, I just thought that was some, um, some interesting observations. So got a, a text or an email from uh, Russ uh, who was, Asking some questions about his current cash situation. He was supposed to retire and didn't retire. The company called him back. wanted to work on some projects. And he says that he's still currently making more than what he needs in a typical retirement because of his uh, still, he's working enough for that. But he'd already changed his his um, cash flow and his investments, So instead of reinvesting the dividends and, and so forth, he uh, he had them switch to the be paid to cash because he was planning on using them to live off of. Well, because of that, he's accumulated a, a sizable amount of cash that's more than what he needs if for the next three years of his um, cash needs. So he's already got a bucket number one that we've talked about before that's his next three years, but he's now saved a couple extra um, um some money. I won't give the amount for the next over and above that. So he's where? Where do I put it? So he says first his bucket number two, which is his his bond fund bucket, has lost some value. I would say lost some price, and not necessarily lost some value. And is ten thousand dollars short. He said, assume I should top this off, and I think yes, that's a good idea. Bonds have have taken a hit this year. Now I I'm assuming I have not. I meant to check the numbers, but the last um, month or so the you hear about the Fed re-increasing the Fed funds rate, so you assume all interest rates have gone up. The 10-year Treasury has not done that. So the 10-year Treasury in mid-June got up to 3.48%. The 10-year Treasury was yielding 3.48%. Now, as of yesterday, it was 278 Now, this is after the Fed increased rates a couple of times, mid-June and then just this past week, another 75 basis points it increased, but the 10-year treasury is going down, so you'll, you hear a lot. You've even heard Sean Hannity talking, referring to this. We're talking about, uh, of course, he's trying to sell things on some of the mortgage things and whatever. You got to be careful with these guys. Uh, you know, I like listening to him, and so forth. But you got to, you know, always uh, one eye skepticism. Um, and so you have um, interest rates going up, and you think mortgage rates because interest rates are Fed's going to increase uh, interest rates. The mortgage rates are going to go up. Well, that that is not a direct correlation between the two. The Fed funds is just really increasing the amount that they that banks charge each other and uh, in, inside the system, which generally does translate into higher money market yields and and uh, some shorter term loans and things like that, because that's what the bank is paying for their money. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily translate into different uh, higher rates for mortgages or 10 years as you can see the 10-year rate has actually come down during that time um, but because since the first year they're still down uh, I think yeah getting more back at a, at a good price buying at a discount we like to buy at a discount so let's let's go ahead and buy some there. But then he says the hard question: What about investing the rest in based on his allocations? Which I don't know what his allocations are, but just whatever they are, he says. Well, should I dollar cost average in? If so, you know how how long of a time frame should it be? Three months, six months, or just park it in a two year CD and make uh, you know three percent or whatever they he get on interest rates and that. Um, so I, a couple of suggestions. I think because the market's gone up in the last month or so, there's a there's a better chance that we're still going to have a little bit of pullback. I'm not sure we've seen the bottom yet of all this. So nobody knows when that's going to be. Um, But I think there's probably a fair chance in the next week or so you'll still see some uh, negative pressure, downward pressure on stock prices, which means that would be a good time to start to to put those dividends and earnings that you have been accumulating cash, go ahead and put them in the market now. Don't bother dollar cost averaging. Then the money, the extra money that still needs to be put in i think if you you put some in every month and even pick days when there's down days you say okay i'm going to put a little bit more in and do that over the next three to six months that you'll be happy a year from now that you did that um there again we don't know nobody's predicting it could be things are still down a year from now i'm hoping the political environment will change enough to get more positive that we don't have that negative sentiment in the market anymore and that will help the markets the stock market as well but I think reinvesting that over the over the time, and if and there's a, a big drop in the next uh, month or so, three months, you're waiting. We've done that with several clients that say, "Okay, we'll invest," and worked out well because we started this back the first part of the year. So well, let's not put it all in at once. Let's put it in over the next twelve months. But then, as we have some some bigger days and weeks of downturns, so that's when you accelerate a little bit. Yeah, it may go down more. That's fine, but you still are at a better price because you're looking at. At the at a bet, you're not looking at the best price. You're looking for the better price, and now you're getting better prices than you you did before. And even putting more in instead of a, a CD ladder, I think more in the bond funds because of the recent downturns uh, is a better place and probably will make more money. Not putting some of it there, you know, say a third of what you have, maybe in something like that, but the rest of it, putting it in, uh, in more of the stock markets and also putting it some in in some of these bond funds that have had uh, you know. 10-12% decline since the first of the year, you're getting it, those at a pretty good price. And that's kind of an unprecedented price for those, unprecedented discount for those that that uh, with theoretically should mean that yes, over time, that's going to be a, a good time to get into them and you look better uh, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, and so forth. And even some stock funds, uh, we'll talk some more about this, but uh, like value stock funds and looking at some client reports, only down like 1.5% for the last 12 months. So they actually did better than some of the bond funds. All right. When we get back, we're going to start digging into the recent economic review and outlook that the Ronald Blue Trust investment uh, uh, strategy team has put together. Uh, And so we'll uh, look forward to that as well. We'll be right back. Ronald Blue Trust is a Tennessee chartered public trust company. We can serve as trustee, backup trustee, personal representative, or what we call PR these days, or the guardian or conservator of your state. Now, it's very important that you appoint someone you trust who really knows you and your financial situation. I think it's important to have the confidence you need to feel comfortable knowing that your estate and trust plan is carried out to reflect your goals and objectives, and the plan reflects your values. Ronald Blue Trust Solutions include assistance with managing trust assets, settling your estate, and even helping with a special needs beneficiary. Those of you listening who have been the beneficiary of a trust know how important it is to choose the right person or institution to help navigate the duties as administrator of the estate or trust. It's not unusual for someone to name family members or even close friends as trustee of their personal trust. You need to be as certain as you can be that this responsibility is not going to weigh too heavy on them or their family, especially at this already difficult time. If you are dealing with challenging family dynamics or complicated family structures, or perhaps your beneficiaries will need help managing their finances, and I don't mean just the investments, but overall cash flow, tax planning, and more, or if you have some very specific wishes that you want to be sure are carried out at your death, or maybe you have a current trustee relationship, but you're unhappy with the fees or the relationship, give me a call. It's worth at least a conversation. This is Mike Miller. Call me at 800-588-7526. Or send an email to mike.miller at ronblue.com. That's 800-588-7526. I look forward to speaking with you. Now back to Talking Money. about 25 minutes before the hour here on Talking Money, this is certified financial planner professional Mike Miller. If you're listening via podcast, uh, you send that email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com or click on the Ask Mike a Question when you go to talkingmoneyradio.com. Just a reminder, we have uh, the other broadcasts that we've recorded and put on there on many, many different topics. Last week didn't get recorded because of technical difficulties, so apologize for that. But most of them are on there, so you can search by topic and find out more information about whatever it is you want to uh, to learn more about for on on, that regards to money related to money and with no sales agenda even on the program that's that's kind of my tagline is that the answers you need without the hidden oftentimes uh sales agenda uh, the sales pitch we don't want you to get the sales pitch we're not selling anything here want to make sure that you get the information that uh, that you need uh is objectively unbiasedly as you possibly can so the, um, the third quarter economic review and outlook from the Rundle Trust Investment Strategy Group out of Atlanta, they send us these things uh, regularly. And they, of course, they send us things in between when they're wanting to make changes to the portfolios. It's nice to have a, a good, solid group down there that watches these things for us. But that doesn't mean they're going to be able to predict and uh, in advance change things. The, the, the goal really is to, to be proactive not reactive, and to have your portfolio already set up, knowing as I've mentioned early in the broadcast that yes, we're going to have downturns, and that's the price you pay for a longer-term above-average annual returns or above your typical, you know, CD or conservative-type investments. And you invest that directly instead of going through uh, an insurance company, who's that's what they're investing in typically is good, high-quality bonds, uh, rarely stocks. But they're investing in, in some bonds and then they you know, pass on some of the gain to you. Well, go direct, and I think you make more money that way. But one of the things they're talking about, of course, on the on the Federal Reserve, they really want us to get a soft landing. They're trying to to tame inflation, uh, and I, I think it's unfortunate because some of that inflation, personally speaking here, has been caused by the current administration's uh, energy policies that have that they hadn't changed those uh, that wouldn't have started a chain reaction and a lot of other things but fortunately we've seen some of the gas prices energy prices come down diesel prices haven't come down as as far which of course that affects the manufacturers more the ones who rely on trucks and other transportations to to get their goods to where they need to go that's still uh, fairly expensive uh, to do that than more expensive than it has been um but they talk about ripping off the band aid, is the title of the first article. And trying to, uh, even though we're trying to get to a more typical interest rate environment, which we haven't had, you know, for a while, we've had near zero interest rates. And now with the rate hike from last uh, Wednesday, we're back up to the two and a quarter, two and a half percent uh, range for what the banks are charging each other. That's highest it's been for a while, but uh, it's still. Uh, lower than and typically. You look back in history, the economy did just fine when interest rates were at three and a half, four and a half percent percent And the Fed's trying to, I think, get to eventually a, a 3.5% rate by the end of the year. And they may change that depending on how other statistics come up. Um, but, uh, you know, are we in a recession? Well, you know, if you go by the technical term, yes. We've had initially the preliminary uh, estimate for the second quarter was negative like half percent 08 percent but that's just the, the preliminary one you know how many times they change that they, they changed it several times we don't know if it's always if it's going to continue to be negative as they revise it but right now it's looking like but it's kind of tough to to have a, an official typical recession when you have the unemployment rate so low and you have rising corporate earnings um, this is nothing like what we had in the great Recession back in 2008. Uh, when when you had the banking crisis that was so severe back then, and things really did look like the sky was falling then. Uh, now we have different issues with supply chain issues, with the Fed, uh, the debt being so high, and it, well, one political comment, with them trying to get this last bill, this, what, $350 billion bill, to help climate change and help these other things they want to help a lot smaller than it was, but in mansions even go, seems to be going along with this one. Unfortunately, like this is the worst time to be doing this. We've already got enough uh, government spending. That's hurting inflation. So, And this is all me talking. This is not our investment strategy group. I haven't looked at their stuff yet. But anyway, so back to theirs. They talk about, of course, the normal things that we hear about on the radio and TV that are are causing the the inflationary uh, uh, pressures. Uh, Russia, Ukraine the war there, and, and Ukraine being a major, both of them being major suppliers of fertilizer, sunflower oil, oil, wheat, barley, corn, that kind of thing. So a lot of these crops have not been able to be exported. Um, because of the war, and that's driving up food prices and getting shortages and things, uh, especially in in developing countries. Not so much in ours, but we still have shortage. I went to the to uh, Publix the night for my daughter, my disabled daughter, and I went through and and uh, where was picking out things, and several things on her list that the shelf was just empty. I mean, there was most of the shelves were full, but certain items were still were still empty. We call that a a first world problem like the other other countries don't have that kind of problem but you know if we're missing just a few things i I think we'll we'll survive so inflation is still running hot uh the second part of this article and talking about the, the the cpi now the the pce the personal consumption expenditure is what really the fed looks at more so than the cpi when they're trying to determine uh how to adjust the rates and that's that's up too, but the most recent I talked to, uh, listened to several analysts this week. PCE numbers still not looking great, but. It, uh, some of the components of it were still looking very, very positive. So the Fed's still hoping for this soft landing. Um, some people think, oh, that can't be done. But, you know, you never know. The The U.S. economy can be very resilient. So, and we talked about, of course, in this article, this was through the end of June, they were talking about the Fed had increased the 75 basis points, the key interest rate, by mid-June. Now it's increased another 75 basis points. Uh, which is three quarters of 1%. So 1% is 100 basis points, just to give you another little lesson in in some of the things they talk about that they don't necessarily explain what they're talking about. Um, So the um, uh, magic rate they're looking for, it looks like, uh, according to our people, 3.4% by the end of 22, um, which is much higher, of course, than what it was earlier this year. So the Fed's not predicting a recession. Um, they are trying to reduce their balance sheet because it's it more than doubled to $9 trillion with a T, uh, in, in uh, two years plus as a result of the actions taken to support markets during the height of the pandemic. So in behind the scenes, the Fed's doing things to try to make sure there's plenty of liquidity in the market. So what about asset class performance, which means what type of investments are doing the best? So in June, the S&P 500 uh, officially entered a bear market going down 20%. And of course, this one doesn't update it since then, but the market's come back up since then, so it's not in that bear market territory anymore. The market, The CBOE, Market Volatility Index, what we call the VIX, uh, that was 50% higher during the second quarter, which means – and we could feel that, right? This, the volatility was a lot more than, than what we're used to. Um, and bonds, as we talked about earlier, have gone down. Uh, so down 10 point the, – the, the Bloomberg Aggregate Bond Index uh, was down 4.7% in the second quarter. The first half was down 10.4%. Highly unusual. It's very rare for that uh, that to happen. Um, and so I looked, um, at, and they've got a chart here. Uh, we've got a chart here that shows year-to-date what the returns were for commodities, gold, uh, diversified bonds, emerging markets, international developed markets, and U.S. stocks. So U.S. stocks a winner, down 20%. Year-to-date, international developed stocks uh, down 193 And emerging market stocks down 175 Diversified bonds down 104 I mentioned that. Gold down 1.5. And and so I, I guess you could call that somewhat of a hedge because it was down a lot less than the markets. Um, but when people talk about how gold is such, and this is me talking again, not the ISG team, when, when the gold, uh, the ones who sell gold talk all about and try to advertise the fact that it's such a big inflation hedge, well, with inflation up like that, it's still down. So it's it's not, and I've always said this, it's not the inflation hedge people think it is. It's the, it's the fear hedge, I think, not a not an inflation hedge. So commodities were up the most. and I think uh, I didn't they don't show the specific details in this, but the, the, um, this is the Credit Suisse commodity index, uh, which energies is probably a big reason why uh, a lot of that index has has gone up. Of course, oil prices have gone and so forth. but uh, still the the inflationary pressures we had, uh with gold i said earlier still they declined so it was um it's it's just amazing how um even though they head of equity markets is still declined so we're going to be talking about uh, are we headed for a recession i've uh, got some comments about that and a little bond market checkup and i think some interesting statistics on let's look back in history with the uh, bonds and stocks and look at some rolling uh time periods where we can say like a rolling five, rolling 10 year period, what's been the results for the returns for stocks, uh, large cap stocks, and for bonds during that period of time. I think it uh, may be a little er encouraging you to hear that. But we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. The answers to most financial questions are uncovered when you understand that there are only really five uses of money. And when you know exactly how much you are spending on each of those uses. At Ronald Trust, our comprehensive financial planning process helps you plan for living expenses, debt, savings, taxes, and giving. Well, let's focus on saving for retirement. Planning for retirement is much more than a magic number that answers the question most people think of retirement planning, how much is enough? You need to know the answer to that question, but other questions are important to consider as well. Questions like, how will I determine what my next chapter is? How can I use my savings and investments in a tax-efficient manner? How will inflation, investment returns, and personal decisions impact my time frame? As you approach retirement, don't look at it as an end, but rather as a beginning. We don't sell any products at Ronald Blue Trust. We are fiduciaries whose only desire is to help clients be the best stewards they can be with the resources God has given them. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money because we want you to get the answers to your questions about money with no hidden agenda to sell anything. If you'd like to learn more about Ronald Blue Trust, to find out if we can help you, please call 1-800-588-7526 and tell Chelsea you heard Mike Miller talking about Ronald Blue Trust on the radio. It would be my pleasure to speak with you further. Once again, our phone number at the Greenville office is 1-800-588-7526. Now let's go back to Talking Money to answer more of your questions. And welcome back to Talking Money. We have about oh, 10 minutes left in the program today. So we've got uh, a, a lot to cover. So are we headed for a recession? That's the big question. You know, a lot of investors are concerned. we got inflation spiking, stock and bond prices, the markets are struggling, a lot of geopolitical uncertainty. We all know about that. And the Fed, of course, is, is starting to aggressively... Uh, rate uh, hike rates, and so you know it's certainly possible that we could do it. It doesn't feel like it yet, just because I as I said earlier, you've got the the job market is strong, and you've got um, the the companies still are having uh, a good earnings. the The uh, yield curve did invert for a little bit, which means that the ten year rate actually went below the two year rate for just a brief period of time. But it's now you know, it's, it's it's not inverted anymore. Economists are worried. This this is kind of interesting. So there was a a June survey by the Initiative on Global Markets at the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business that said nearly 70% of economists expect the National Bureau of Economic Research to declare a recession in 2023. This is next year. And then the article goes on, or our report goes on, that said it's far from a foregone conclusion. Most U.S. consumers have excess cash, helped by the pandemic savings. And so far, which was really because we had a really good retail report last week, consumer spending was still strong. Uh, job market is very strong and so forth. So I, I guess I always get think a little bit um, uh, different with things like uh, the 70% of of economists, when they all agree on something, I think well, it's probably going to be the opposite of that. We talked about bond markets that's having a difficult time. Uh, I think in, in many cases, it's uh, it's really a good time. It's not time to panic. We say, um, but we think uh, it's probably a good time to be think. I think it's a good time to be adding to that. Um, there's and the our ISG group says there are no signs of liquidity stress credit deterioration or panic selling driving the market so that's all a good sign and so we we um we think that's uh we think that's positive as well and even if the markets we say continue to rise from here the current yields which seemed to grow quickly near the end of the quarter especially for corporate bonds will serve as a greater buffer for returns this time so uh we, we'll try to get to some stock um updates here too, but uh, we've got uh, Mike calling us here from Clemson. Good morning, Mike, and welcome to Talking Money.
1: Oh, yes. Hey, thank you. Hey, I just had a question. I'm I'm not an expert in this stuff, but I was curious about, uh, you know, with the president and uh, the current administration, they shutting down the pipeline that was controlling a lot of our, you know, I guess, oil and and so forth. And uh, then they you know are accepting oil from other places I guess Iran and and other places could uh, right. so forth and then sending some of the reserves over to China when and we're having this desperate time and different things along that line causing energy crisis and forcing their way um, and it appears like you know with things even possibly as looking behind the scenes uh, that they're trying to actually cripple the the economy um, if they're doing this on purpose You know, basically, how does this affect us? Uh, It it appears like they're trying to fundamentally change the country from a type of capitalistic type of country where everyone has freedom to type of a socialism type of deal. And, um, you know, what should we do? Uh, Hopefully, things will change in the near, in the next few years, but, but, uh, you know, it's going to be rough for a while. And uh, what is your position on how people should, you know, treat this, uh, what they should do?
0: Well, I, I think you're right on a lot of those points. Uh, and I alluded to this earlier about the administration's policies on energy, which it would include canceling the Keystone Pipeline, and yeah. which uh, which, if we had approved it back way back when, it would actually be helping the energy crisis now. But then you've got a, an administration currently that, that has already been – been very outspoken about being a an enemy of fossil fuels period uh and so and right now we just you know the u.s has done such a good job of using fossil fuels and getting them cleaner and cleaner it's not really as much of an issue as they're making it out to be i don't think um but but i'm a little more hopeful maybe than you because i think that um uh, I'm I'm hopeful that the November elections which are just a couple of months away will mm-hmm. s- essentially help stalemate the the government that uh, they won't be able to continue to to draw us away from the capitalistic pr- uh, principles and policies that have made this country great and that and then yeah. we'll change everything in just a couple of years but at least we'll we'll slow it down or stop it in in just a couple of months I hope. And so, and that's that's a positive thing. But I think, from a personal standpoint, that really all, what you can do is try to take advantage of that. So you you invest if you invest, especially even in the energy sector, just be well diversified. But keep enough money uh-huh. aside that is not in the markets. Uh, and and I think another big part is just to uh, reduce or eliminate your debt. Uh, and I think that from a personal standpoint, that's one of your best ways to help not be affected by some of those uh, negative policies that you'll see coming out of, out of Washington. So that's just a couple of thoughts anyway.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: All right, Mike. Well, thanks for the call. I hope you have a great weekend. Okay. You too. Okay. So Mike from Mike to Mike. Uh, so yeah. So the, the markets are, are, uh, are different of course. And the, the, I think you gotta be careful making decisions on your longer term plan based on what the current political environment is. And and from what I've seen, some of the people who are most upset and concerned with the current administration, the current policies, uh, are the ones who are the most most conservative, uh, maybe further from uh, further right, the far, far right, very conservative people. Um, but that's because they're so concerned. I saw this back when Obama was about to be elected and, and even elected the second time. I mean, people were having just uh, severe stress attacks because they were so concerned about what he was going to do. Um, but things turned out okay, you know. I mean, we 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 keep we keep on going in spite of who might be in the in the White House at the time. So be careful making your your plans or changing your plans, longer term plans, based on that. Uh, so looking real quickly at the um, rolling periods of, of of bonds and of stocks. So we're using the, the um, uh, U.S. intermediate term government bond uh, index, um, Bloomberg's, and then the large U.S. large in, uh, stack uh, stocks, which would be the S&P 500. So if you go over uh, several different types of rolling periods, so if you get to a five-year rolling period, the chance of a, in the past, the chance of a bond's having a negative period of time is 100% not happening. Uh, over six months it's 83 percent chance and one year it's a 90 percent chance so we're in that environment now but longer term uh, i fully expect that we'll get more uh, we'll be closer to these other averages so stocks which is the the part everybody's is more nervous about uh, the percentage of positive u.s large cap stock rolling periods so if you just have a six-month times of 71%, uh, one year, 75, close to the same. Three-year rolling average, 84% chance. Five-year, 88. Ten-year, 98, 94.89. So it's a 95% chance on a 10-year rolling periods that there's going to be a positive la- large-cap stock return. And then 15-year, it's 99.8. So it's nearly 100% chance that over a 15-year period, that rolling 15-year periods that it's going to be a positive great for you so it's and and keep in mind that the stock market is not just the s&p 500 there's there's you can divide the equity market up by value stocks and growth stocks growth stocks had done well for for years really value stocks had not value stocks have performed much better over the last 12 months uh, uh looking at the value index versus the growth indexes and uh, and our plan first as well as around blue trust have always leaned more toward value Is I just think long-term, it's a safer way to invest in the stocks. And is it a better potential return? It just hasn't been the case for a while. But those things go in cycles like that. But you can't can't forget some of these other areas that... um, And when you look at what's happened in the last year... You really look at the small company stocks and in emerging markets. Some of those that have done the the worst—they're they're down the most during that time. Look at those as being the better potential opportunities going forward because they have the best discounts. They're they have the best sale prices of of any of them that are out there. So the conclusion of the report we had there is that uh, investors may face more turbulence in the days ahead. We know that. And yes, we may experience a recession. Nonetheless, it's worthwhile to step away from the emotional toll of seeing our portfolios decrease in the first half of 2022. Take a deep breath and note that much of the pain is likely behind us. Hopefully, we've ripped off the bandage and we're ready to heal, which is a nice way to look at it, I guess. All right, so there's a lot more information. I've got a whole stack of stuff we go to, but we we're not we don't have time to do that today. But if you've got a personal question you want to ask me, see if we can help you. 800-588-7526 is our number at the office. We'd love to to speak with you. 800-588-7526. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week for more Talking Money.